In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England Zone Van Helsink. And with me, all the way from across the pond, is the Mr. Parascience himself, the lovely Steve Parsons. Thank you, Ron. Good afternoon. I am fine. How are you? I'm very well. I believe you've been a bit off colour this week. Uh, if I knew what that meant, I would probably say something to that. Uh, a little sick? Uh, that was last week. Oh, that was last week. Uh, so you just weren't answering your Facebook messages this week, then? Uh, whatever. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you, what are you saying? What are you saying? That, that us Americans aren't exactly good at uh, whatever. Facebook. <clears throat> oh, or, late for or, everything. You know what? We're, we're just terribly rude people. Um, I can't comment any further on that one. <laughs> no, you, no, you're not. Actually, no, because I've been over there and they're all lovely people, except those okay. in Los Angeles. Oh, really? Yeah, well, we went into a car dealership in L.A. Um, to look at some cars and basically they were, yeah, they weren't very nice. No. The cars were nice. Uh, the salesmen weren't very nice. Yeah, well, car sales are a breed of their own, anyways. But, uh, anyways, um, I'm still trying to sort through some things. And But the big news, of course, is October 4th or the 6th is you're actually going to venture over here? I am, apparently. Um, I'm going to brave, uh, brave the Atlantic storms and, uh, like a missionary filled mm-hmm. with zeal. Uh, come to come and educate the uh, the colonies. I like that. Educate. I'll probably get oh. murdered while I'm over there, but. <laughs> well, well, not well. No, uh, I'll tell you know. where not to go. I'll tell I'll you tell where it, not to go. Telling people that orbs aren't paranormal and to throw their K two meters off Cape Cod. Uh, you probably will get murdered, but that's besides yeah. the point. <laughs> but uh, anyways. Uh, do you know if uh, Cal's with us tonight? He is. He yeah, is? I'm here. Oh, he is. I didn't realize that. I'm a little bit behind a dollar shot in a day late. Uh, also <laughs> joining us is the rock parapsychologist himself, the author of Telephone Calls from the Dead, the great Cal Cooper. 
What a fantastic introduction, Ron. Well, I, you do I sound a little that. bit peaky, though. I sound peaky? Yeah, you sound a little bit peaky. I think he Steve's doesn't know right. what that means either, does he? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Peaky, a little bit off-colour. <laughs> off, another off-colour. What, what colour am I today? I don't know, evidently. Uh, well, if you look at our poster, you and I are both orange, aren't we, Ron? <laughs> yeah, we've got to do something with that. I, I'm really uh, not happy. <laughs> But anyways, Cal, uh, what have you been up to? I mean, uh, you're a busy boy. You're still in the academic world doing your academically things. and oh, th- Things are manic because every week I have to drive from Portsmouth to Northampton to lecture, but then I go even further up north as well to sort out my books and other things. But at the moment I've just been um, writing um, an argument to suggest that consciousness isn't limited the brain so it's been bringing up all kinds of things such as um esp and survival after death all these different things why they might argue um against the mind just being limited to the body and uh, trying to develop a a decent well readable argument for this that will appeal to both academics and non-academics and just um steve and i've got a project that's ongoing um that's uh kind of wandering around in the back of our heads at the moment and is is going on behind closed curtains at the moment. And the other one that I'm working on at the moment is a book that should take no more than two or three months to suddenly start appearing. And um, it's the publication of one of Dr. Alex Tanis's unpublished works. So he wrote three books. He wrote Beyond Coincidence, which was his autobiography and work with the American Society for Psychical Research. And then he wrote one on is your child psychic and looked at all parapsychological research on testing children's psychic abilities and then he did a final one on dreams and psychic phenomena um how we might interpret different dreams and what kind of dreams suggest that esp might be involved um after that he did three unpublished manuscripts that have just been left he wrote a lot on the bermuda triangle he wrote a book called contact which uh, focused on ufo experiences uh, and he also did one that was only three chapters long uh, called Conversations with Ghosts, which I thought was something that really would be great to get in the public domain because it was personal accounts of his investigations with people like Dr. Carlos Osis and Dr. Alenda Haraldson of haunting investigations throughout the USA and the odd trip to the UK now and then. And, you know, this isn't available anywhere else. These were just his unpublished notes that he intended one day to actually get done, but he never did. Um, because I've been working so closely with the Alex Tams Foundation, I thought it was time to actually kind of gather his notes together and actually fill in the gaps where, where they could have been potential chapters and um, where it could have been going. So it's been great. It's, it's a little project that's uh, been going on for a few months. It's been like trying to piece this book together and how it would have gone. So that's why I've been so busy. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, anyways, we have a gentleman who's on the show today. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live right here on Tojinet, Parallax, Ghost Beyond Beyond. And we have a gentleman who Steve informs me has been on the show before, although because of my declining years, evidently I can't remember. (laughs) Indeed we do. Indeed we have uh, a very good friend of mine, a very old friend of mine, as in age, he's, he's very old and a friend of mine. Um, this is a man who speaks to dead people um, and has just texted me at the same time as I'm introducing him. Um, dressed as an RAF bomber pilot on his profile. Um, really? Absolutely. Call, calls himself Baphomet. Um, 
those who know him, he looks a bit like uh, Sean Connery or Alistair Crowley. So, Andy, Andrew Taylor, Andrew Maff, uh, Baphomet Taylor, good evening. Andrew? He's fell off again, hasn't he? Andrew? The text says, apparently, Skype has a problem with the call. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, As I was introducing him, he t- evidently, if he was a psychic, he would have known that, right? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> ah, that's so bad and so old. Is probably old as I am. That's true. Uh, <laughs> okay, evidently they're trying to reconnect. But anyways, that's okay. So, anyways, uh, on October fourth through the sixth, you will be coming over here doing spirit quests uh, with us uh, at the uh, haunted Avizi estate, and uh, we've got some uh, neat things planned. I know that. Uh, you will be there, and I believe uh, Ross Bartlett, the Earth Angel from the UK, will also be there as well. And um, we, we, we are also going to. We had this guy last year, uh, Jason Robitaille, who uh, collects Ouija boards, and he's actually going to have a, a collection of some of the coolest Ouija board boards on display. So that's my cool. luggage allowance. Should I? Can I bring some of mine over? Yeah, of course. Because I collect them as well, but I bet he's got a better set than I have. I, I I'm not touching that. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, he is actually. I, I always, um, I used to. I know this guy Robert Murch, who has done a great deal of work for the uh, Ouija board uh, following, and in fact, I was uh, worked with him in, in getting the. Uh, gravestone for uh, the the guy that patented the Ouija board in, cause he, in Baltimore because he didn't have one. And he has a, a display on the museum down there, I think, running now. But anyways, so I always knew, knew uh, Bob is the largest collector of Ouija boards, and then I ran into Jason, who now I call the second largest collector of Ouija boards. <laughs> so uh, Ouija boards are definitely interesting, and, and it's a great topic, and I'd love to have Robert back on the show as well because uh, uh, he knows a great deal about the history of them and so forth. That'd be so, really cool because cause it'd be obviously my interest in, in the boards as well. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I really look forward to that, and also really look forward to hopefully meeting him up at Spirit Quest um, and talking talking Ouija boards. Because um, I mean, they're they're probably one of the most misunderstood pieces of cardboard and wood that, that it's possible to have. You know, some people absolutely hate them, don't trust them, won't go near them. I know mediums that won't go in the same uh, room or building as um, as a Ouija board, and mm-hmm. you know. Other people swear by them. Some people think that they're dangerous. You know, I mean, how dangerous can a lump of wood be unless somebody hits you with the board? I guess you're pretty <laughs> safe. You know, I've been I've been on investigations where people have actually got really, really leery because, uh, oh, no, you didn't close the board down properly. You didn't you didn't bless yourselves. You didn't cover yourselves in blue light right. or something. Yeah, protection. Exactly. There he is. He's back. Can I do the intro again now? Absolutely. Let's try again. Okay. Quickly before uh, we lose him. Yeah, a, a very old friend of mine because he's very old and a friend. Um, he talks to dead people, so mm. we're delighted to have him on to talk to Ron, uh, Andy Taylor, Andrew Baphomet Taylor. Did the are you there? Yeah. yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Andy. 
I think it was you. You must have. Uh, there's got to be some LA car dealers working for Skype and they're, they're knocked you on the head. <laughs> Well, there's, there's a logical explanation for it. I mean, Steve, what's the logical explanation? Because you, you, uh, everything is logical to you. And Cal, Skype, of course. Cal, Skype, psychologically, Skype can tell you what happened. So, uh, Cal, Cal what, is the, what is the psychological explanation for this? Evidently, there is something psychologically. Uh, I, I don't think yeah, there is. I, I, well, there's that. Yeah, I agree with Andrew that the LA car dealers are after you, Steve. They've intercepted your Skype and just don't want you and Andrew to speak. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, uh, Andrew, uh, welcome aboard the show, and uh, good to hear you. Evidently, you have been on before, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, as old as I am, things sometimes get lost in my vast contents of my mind. Yeah, it was way back in uh, September, I think, Ron. Yeah, thank, uh, thanks, and yeah, and good afternoon to you, and good evening to anyone that's listening to this side of the water. Uh-huh. And you are a medium or a psychic medium? It's, it's I always like to find out. Well, I always turn myself a psychic medium rather than just a medium, because I, okay. I do various things. So, yeah, medium, yeah, it, it acts as a go-between between the, the living and the dead, and, yeah, psychic because of the other things that I do, the trance work and stuff, so. And, and it, it's... It's interesting because uh, nowadays so many people call themselves mediums or they call themselves psychics, and it's difficult to sort out the really good ones from the uh, the ones that aren't as good. And I don't mean they're fake or anything; they're just not as good. Have I we gone down again? No. What's that? No. And okay. we're all still here. We're all here. All right. Yep. <laughs> Andrew, well, can I, can talk in, I can talk in a Birmingham accent, which is what Andrew's got. So uh, if I pretend to be Andrew... Yeah, it works. OK. <laughs> it's like we're just speaking to him. It's unbelievably similar. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Did we all uh, go down? Actually, actually you could do that. He's still there. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm yep. still here, yeah. It just, it just keeps vanishing for some reason. Oh no, no, we 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 can hear each other fine. It's just you we can't hear. I I don't know if maybe you don't have that white. <laughs> you don't have that white light surrounding you. Perhaps I I'm not sure what's going on over there. I think it's rural Norfolk. It's a bit like rural Pembrokeshire. We've not got very good broadband speeds. Ah, there you go. <laughs> the technical side of it. That's what I really love to hear. <laughs> Well, I mean, Steve's the best qualified to answer anything on that, I believe. But, you know, he, he's not come up with any solution to it. To, I have to the bad broadband. Right, broadband router. And well, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ron, talk to yeah, Andrew. Get... Cal, you and me, we'll go off yeah, onto a different done. channel. <laughs> yeah, we'll have our own little show. <laughs> a private call. Go, I... I think the question we were on was, um, Andrew, do you class yourself as just a psychic or a spirit medium? Can you talk to the dead or have psychic experiences, or do you do a bit of both? Is it varied? It's a bit of both, I think, Carl. That's, that's why I use the term psychic medium. That's what I was trying to get across before Skype ditched me again. But, uh, yeah, I do I do talk to the dead. You know, I'm, I'm inverted commas. I've got my hands in the area. I think it's TV. Um, mm. Yeah, I talk to the dead, and, yes, I do. Other, I have psychic experiences as well. Okay. Now, you, you know, I, one of the reasons that I, I invited you is I was looking at your Facebook page. Which, which is, the, what is your Facebook page? So if somebody wants to look you up. 
Yeah, it's it's medium Andrew Baphomet Tyler. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the Baphomet's just something that I assumed. <laughs> I just took that name as well. I mean, obviously, it's just Andrew Tyler, basically. So why the bas- bassinet or whatever it is? <laughs> bassinet. <laughs> I can't. Cal, Cal, those I still call them Karen, Karen, uh, Karen, whatever. <laughs> bassinet. Oh, crap. Why, why that name? Why, why uh, chose all the names? I, I, understand, I, I was looking at your profile and you call yourself a witch as well. Um, but why, why chose that name? Um, well, I'm a big fan of Alistair Crowley, and it's the name that he assumed. Um, okay, that's good. Cool. Beast, and obviously Baphomet refers to that. And you know, I always believe that yeah, if the beast within's as bad as it gets with me, then you've not got nothing to worry about, really. So <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Uh, yeah, I'm as bad as I get. Steve's <laughs> probably worse, but I'm as bad as I get. Oh, Steve's definitely worse. I can tell you that right now. But anyways, I, you know, I, I, I really uh, enjoyed your page. I actually actually looking at them and poking around, and, and you, you really uh, you kind of made fun of yourself, you, unless you are seriously believing that you are God as well. I saw that on your Facebook page. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. I, basically, I've got this thing about mediums who think that they're all holier than thou. Um, you know, I can't walk on water. I've tried. I got wet. Um, <laughs> But, you know, there are a lot of mediums out there, and, and they sort of go out there and they sort of make this assumption that uh, everyone's going to sort of stand in awe of them. And now I don't do any of that. You know, I'm pretty <laughs> down. It just so happens that dead people talk to me and other things happen. <laughs> so, uh, Andrew, when you – I mean, you do various types of events and various types of investigating. I, I know that you – I'm sure you do. Do you do gallery readings uh, in the U.K.? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you don't? Do you consider yourself uh, like a spiritualist? Like, Mm-mm, no, I don't. I don't like the term spiritualist. Uh, spiritualist okay. Um, yeah, I don't like the. I don't like the spiritualist religion. I don't like the um, the SNU, the spiritualist uh, national union in England. Anyway, um, I think that they try and take issue with everything that. Well, you know, us mediums that are outside the net do, and they try and score off us, basically. They, they sort of set the, the lines, and they say, you've got to operate within these rules, and I don't do that. I operate naturally, and it just it's how it runs with me. I don't like anyone putting imposing rules on me. Right. That's one thing I, 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 I know several spiritualists here in the U.S., and, and some of them have definitely told me that they uh, weren't certain rules and they have to do things a certain way. And, and when they, they work with me, they, they kind of go outside of that little uh, set of rules that um, they were given as a member of the church. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's like being thinking for yourself rather than being told how to think, right? Well, I've always, I always think of a lot of these mediums that have come through the SNU and the Spiritualist Church. I, I turn them hothouse mediums um, because they're sort of developed, you know, they're brought on. It's something that I've had all my life. Um, I started out as a child with it, and I've just carried on. First and foremost, I'm a medium, um, you know, and, and, or a psychic. And, um, you know, I've just run with that all my life. I've, I've not had any sort of training. I've just honed it with experience. What's the difference between a psychic and a medium? Because, I mean, there is a difference, but people are starting to use the, the, the terms interchangeably now. So maybe, Andy, you could define, you know, for, for people, um, there, is, simple, there is actually think, a difference, isn't, isn't there? 
Do, do, do you want the textbook definitions? They will. No, I want your definition. No, we want yours. My my definition. Well, yeah, a medium is actually the name to medium between spirit and the living. So I mean, if somebody wants a uh, reading, wants to communicate with someone, that's the role I play then. And the psychic stuff that goes back to lots of things. That that's where you know I can connect and uh, I attune myself with a with a place. Um, I, you know, I empathise with a place. I can pick up the residual stuff, the stuff that's not necessarily got an intelligence. But that's what I see more as the psychic side. Okay. And the medium side is more like you do when you would be ghost hunting, or do you do that as well, for instance, in, uh, well, in the galleries? Galleries, I assume, would be mediumship, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily use the term galleries. There's lots of terms. There's platform, there's audiences. Oh, yeah, platform, that's right. They're, they're all pretty much the same sort of thing. It's not my strong point. I, I've done one, well, I did one last September, I think, mean, just about the time I was last on your show, in the Norwich Puppet Theatre of all places. But uh, it was well received, and I do a, well, I, well, I think it's a pretty different show to what a lot of the other platform mediums go out and do. You know, what's really interesting is, is when Cal came over here last year for uh, Spirit Quest. Cal, are you still with us? Yeah. Cal? Yeah. Okay. I've got a question yeah. for Andy. Yeah. It, it, for Cal, it, it, hang on a second. Um, you came over here. You did a, a demonstration of, uh, what, what did you call it? Uh, were you? Well, it was, it was very uh, spur of the moment, and I was kind of wasn't really in the zone to actually do it. Usually, if I do go ahead and do that, I'll actually prepare and actually get some ideas into my head first. But you, you asked me up on stage, so I just quickly went and did it, and it it sort of failed miserably. It was going well, and then it just went downhill from there. But you got the general idea. That was um, a cold reading. It was using mm -hmm. Barnum scripts. And, yes. you know, the, the problem that I got wrong there was I was basically asking questions out to the audience and I just totally forgot last minute. I screwed it up there and then because I didn't target a particular individual, but it was working pretty well. I was working off generalized information, yep. um, which a group of people could certainly um, uh, pick up on. You know, is there anyone in your family with back trouble or a heart condition or I feel they pass from lung or heart condition somewhere in the upper torso area? I was using stuff like that and then you just start drawing more questions out. From that, but you know, if I wanted something specific, the only way I could get that is a pure stab in the dark, and then you know, I'm very lucky if I do get something right. Mm -hmm. And then, interestingly, I did a what I call it a Sherlock experiment, and that's what I would use deductive reasoning to try to do the the same thing at dining with the dead. Do you do you recall yeah. that? Yeah, I remember and, doing that. Yeah, and when I, when I started doing it, uh, I actually connected with a woman who was there, and. Uh, do you remember you called me outside? <laughs> well, I, I was just worried in case. Uh, so I, I don't mind when I do cold readings, um, so long as I try and steer away from the whole bereavement aspect. But I could see when you did yours, it was starting to venture towards that, and the woman was quite getting quite emotional. So I thought, oh, you know, as you hadn't done this before, Ron, I thought I've really got to stop you where you are. I know, it's pretty good. And, and, and try and get you to kind of close it without sort of saying what you were doing. But nor should you say that it was psychic either. And you, you handled it really well in that you, you sorted it out and just kind of gave a neutral response, really, and let her make her own mind up as to what she thought was going on. And, and the point of this, Andrew, is what I, what I meant to bring out is that, as it turns out, uh, 
that day happened to be the, the, the woman that I connected with. The, the day happened to be, and the, the the spirit that I was supposedly connected with was her mother, and that was the anniversary of her death that particular day. So it was kind of uh, interesting that perhaps uh, science and spirituality combined there for a second, using uh, logic and science uh, spirituality combined for a second to connect. So I, I found that interesting. If, if you've, well, you I'm, only had a one in three hundred and sixty-five percent, one in three hundred and sixty-five chance of getting it right. I mean, I've been yeah, on I've been on investigations when you know co- things like that have happened. It's it's purely coincidence. Cal, isn't there yeah. a, a statistic? What is it? If if you get is it fifteen or twenty people in the same room, you're going to get two with the same birthday. Uh, it's about uh, between twenty one and twenty three. Yeah, um, it's a very low you, number. You will get. Yeah, yeah, it's a very low number because people think that these these uh, chance these these things are. Um, you know, beyond bizarre and, and mm. therefore paranormal. And they're, they're actually remarkably common. In fact, people say, I went to London and it's, you know, I bumped into somebody I was only, I haven't seen them yeah. for 20 years. And in actual fact, statistically, it's more likely if you're going to bump into them that uh, you're going to bump into them in a big city. Uh, there's been some st- statistical studies looking at these coincidences. Well, there are more in the big city, Steve. Well, exactly. Uh, I yeah, mean, there's been se- there's been studies on coincidences that actually mm. aren't coincidences. Um, they're you know they're statistically very probable. Well, the interesting. Well, I, I you know what it, statistics are statistics, and you can manipulate them any way you want. I mean, statistically probable means what? It, greater than fifty percent, greater than seventy five percent, greater than ninety percent. I mean, there's also the statistically it's a rare chance it'll happen. It all depends how you look at statistics. You can play them for wherever you want. Well, people often turn around and say, don't they, as a proof of their psychic ability, um, they were thinking about somebody and then the phone rang. Well, Mm -hmm. actually, that's that's not actually that great a phenomenon to do because generally most people have quite a limited number of people who call them. Um, generally, most people stick to within certain patterns of calling. Like, for example, I always phone my parents on a Monday morning. So these, these are patterns that are, that are built into to our logic and reasoning. And if the phone rings at 8 o'clock on a Monday morning, my mum will be thinking just beforehand, oh, Stephen, we're going to go and call me shortly. And that's how other people are functioning. You know, people phone... Right, but I mean, real mediums like... Andrew, uh, they don't go by that. I mean, they're statistically, uh, I assume, Andrew, that you're statistically higher than uh, a regular person would be or or a researcher would be in doing what you do, Andrew. Is that correct? Well, I'd hope so. And from the feedback that I've had from my clients, yes, you know, there's there's things that I've hit on that uh, there was no other way, you know, no way that I could have known previous to actually reading for them. and, And they seem very happy with that. So, you know, I can run with that. I, you know, I believe myself. You know, I don't think I'm deluding myself. I believe myself right. that I am. But I think Andrew would also agree that Andrew also has has you know misses as well. You know, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. You know, oh yeah, I, everybody I, I, does. I'm you know, I'm that, it, yeah. It's very very easy to sit in the audience and remember only the hits, but mm-hmm. yes, and yeah, to gloss yeah. over the the spectacular failures. And I know Andrew won't mind me saying because we are you know we are long friends. Um, I, I've been around when Andrew's actually missed by a country mile, but at the yes. same time, I've been there when Andrew's come up with stuff that's, you know, 
much more accurate. The interesting uh, thing is, is and, and the twos are coming on, so we have to take a break, but the interesting thing, and let me finish it with this, is that um, you might miss by a country while, but a medium will tell you you're really connecting with someone else who is not the same person. You're just picking up on someone else. So anyways, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles International, Steve Parson, Cal Cooper, and Ron Kolick, and we're right back after the following messages right here on Tojanet, Pararex, Ghost Jail, and beyond. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more. All in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged, Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parax family. Take 6,427. All right. Hi, I'm Ron Kolick, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, I'll have to get a new (laughs) co-host. I am brave beyond belief. Yeah, we'll see. scares me. So anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. See you then. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with the rock parapsychologist himself, Mr. Cal Cooper, Mr. Parascience, Steve Parsons, and New England's own Van Helsink, Ron Kolick, right here on Tojinet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and beyond. So, Steve. Yes. Yes. Do you have something for me? What would you like? (laughs) 
<laughs> is, is that a canoe in your pocket, or are you pleased to see oh Ronnie? Oh, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> um, uh, somebody's going to have to bring me up to speak because I was handed a cup of coffee in the break, um, and oh, so I've sort of I lost know. track again. You were you were supposed to introduce nice. a, a, a topic that we were. T- yeah, uh, we're talking about field investigations. Andy and I have been on a quite a few field investigations, and there was one that I, I think is actually quite memorable. Um, we were we were testing a, a ghost box device mm-hmm. um, and comparing it with a Ouija board. And I think what was quite interesting is what what took place during the during the investigation um, process. And I think Do you want by, to way of, by by way of a hint, and also to pass it on uh, after afterwards to Andrew for his for his version of it. Um, I think this should suffice as a little bit of a hint. So, I think, Andrew, would you like to take up the story? Yeah, I don't think spirit listen with the same set of ears we do. (laughs) According to the spirit that night, it did. Well, he said said that he could do Morse. Until we started to do Morse, then it all went a bit pleasure. Why don't we we explain where we are and what's going on, because uh, our listeners certainly don't know. That was quite catchy, then. That really was like quite it. catchy, that Morse code. There'll be a small prize awarded for anybody that can tell me what that was, actually. Do you know, I can't uh, like read Morse, and I can't understand that at all, I've got to we'll, say. We'll repeat, it. we'll repeat it at the end of, before the end of the show. And oh, excellent. And we'll give out a prize to whoever can decipher it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Morse code, though. It was a dot matrix printer. <laughs> <laughs> OK, over to Andy. So, yes. so we set we, up this we, thing. Where are we? What's going on? And, and what is this all about? We were investigating a mine depot, um, not not the coal mines, um, but a place that was used in the war for storing and dispatching sea mines to the sea lanes in the in the Atlantic corridor. Um, it's based in Milford Haven in Pembrokeshire, obviously local to myself and Steve at the time. And we'd connected with a gentleman who. Oh no! Oh no! And we connected with a gentleman who claimed to be the deceased spirit of a World War II naval radio operator. Um, he came through uh, both through Andrew, Andrew and another medium, uh, Tracy, were operating the Ouija board. And myself and one other investigator were using a ghost box device to see if we could uh, run the two side by side to see what would happen. Um, Are you back? Continue. I'll let you you carry on, Tim. You must have picked it up where I dropped up. Yeah, so I've done... It was perfect. Yeah, I've done done the segue, so um, continue. Continue. You've done the segue. Yeah, well, yeah, you you bought in an iPhone app, I believe, that was a a Morse... Yeah. ...device that you you could obviously type a message in and have it translated. that That was the second time. Yeah, yeah, that was on the second visit, obviously. Yeah. But then the guy couldn't hear it, or at least he said he couldn't hear it because he wouldn't give me, he wouldn't tell me what you were actually sending. Yeah, I think we need to back up a little bit. You come in, you come in when I when I drop out again. Um, so anyway, what happened was this radio operator, came, World War Two military radio operator, comes through, and 
he gives us, you know, uh, as my role as the investigator, I was trying to ascertain whether this uh, this spirit, this this entity, was in fact a World War II uh, radio operator, as he claimed to be. And one of the questions as I asked, I was asking questions out loud, and the two mediums, Andy and Tracy, who were operating the board, uh, were... Uh, was, was it a Ouija board? Was that what we talked about? It was a Ouija board, and okay. the, the answers were coming through the board uh, in response to my spoken questions. Um, so we ascertained that he could hear my voice, and he ascertained that he could also hear me knocking on the edge of a table or, or clapping my hands together, because I I do uh, have a, a fair working knowledge of Morse code. And once once we'd ascertained that he could hear me and he could hear the, the, the noise of me knocking on the table, I wrapped out a Morse message, um, to which there was no response initially. Um, um, I then uh, made sure that he could still hear me. I wrapped out the, the message a second time. There was still no response from the board. Um, we checked again that he could hear my voice. So I da-da, did it, did da-da, the message out. Still no response from the board. Um, at which point something, I don't know, bizarre took place. I mean... Uh, seemed what to happened? take hold. Well, something seemed to take hold of Andrew because he he, he kicked back and you let out a most blood curdling scream. Um, yeah, Andrew, seen... do you remember this or was Steve talking yes, to us? Yeah, I've, no, I, I can remember it. Yeah, um, there was another case I think where Steve tested somebody that was claiming to be connected with a Spitfire pilot, and he asked them the cruising speed and the range and. God no, no, that was else. the most haunted episode. Yeah, and, then, yeah and, and there was a kickback there. Uh, yeah, I, I remember. I don't remember ultimately what happened. I remember, as you say, I remember you sort of bringing me back round, as it were. But obviously, that you know, I don't know. I, I didn't understand why we weren't getting it to the board. But it, yes, I did. I kicked back. There was. A, I, I don't know. But I think perhaps at times maybe spirit doesn't doesn't like that sort of degree of testing. Maybe that's what it part of. But, you know, that's all I can assume. You know, I'm, I'm trying to cover my own tracks here, as it were. No, no, no. no I mean, all, all we want to know is is, is what mm. you feel. I mean, it's easy to, like, criticize people, but it's it's better to try to understand. It's yeah. That's the important thing. Mm-hmm. And Well, I, I seem to remember feeling basically a lot of pain. Um, uh-huh. and, and, and basically, you know, I, I didn't want to, I wanted to break the connection with the spirit. It was almost as if I was having that put on, onto me. Now, my head was being crushed, and I've just and you just yes, you you push it out, you expel it if you if you can see what I mean. You you don't want it there because it's resenting that what's happening to some degree. I, I, I believe that's what happened. Um, so you were re, re, reliving his death. Well, I wouldn't say I was reliving his death. I, I think it was a, a, a kickback at the um, the fact that he was being tested. That's the only thing I can assume. I, I, I can't actually claim that as a fact. Uh-huh. Well, there's, a, there's an interesting sequel to this because, uh, as Andrew has alluded, we went back a week or two later um, and we did take a Morse code app uh, for an iPhone that could generate Morse code in Which the hope cool, that we could, the re- we could re-communicate with, with this entity. Um, we did, in fact, re-establish communication with the entity, but we didn't use the Morse app because the entity was supplying, via the, the two mediums, Andrew and Tracy, uh, some, some uh, 
the names of the vessels that he served on and uh, dates pertaining to the sinking of the vessels. Now, of course, where we were, um, we had no direct access to check that information. Uh, but what was interesting is it the information did seem to be um, based on uh, the, in, in, over here in the UK, we have a, a, a quite a famous paddle steamer called the Waverley, which does the rounds of the UK. And a few weeks earlier, um, prior to, to this experiment, it had been visiting the, the local seaport near us at Milford Haven. Um, and the name that we were given was the Waverley. And we were given the fact that it was a paddle steamer and we were given a, a location for a sinking and we were given a date. Um, now... The natural assumption is we were, you know, we were, uh, the sceptics might, might argue and suggest that the thing was being skewed by the earlier visit of the Waverley. However, I think there's an interesting sequel to this, isn't there, Andy? Uh, yeah, I think you did some research into it. Um, yeah, because I was the one that was quite incredulous. I think when he was telling me it was right. the Waverley, I was, I was up in arms. It couldn't be the Waverley. And, and basically, I'm challenging what I'm getting. Because I didn't believe we were getting it through the board. It's like I dropped out for a while, so I missed the start of your, your talk on this particular one. Uh, well, essentially, yeah, we, we, did, um, we did do some checking later, and we discovered that the name of the vessel that was given... Um, the current Waverley is renamed, um, and an earlier vessel of the same name did in fact sink. Not it was on the exact, July nineteen forty-one. Yeah, not on the exact date that, that the mm. board gave us, but uh, a similar date and a similar location. But there was also quite a funny story attached to this because one of the things that the board gave us on that particular night was the, the word dogger. Dogger. Uh, dogger. D o g g e r. Now. We I don't talking, think that's got the same connotations, we, Dave, so we, anyway. Well, it does, actually. We were, talking, we, were talking oh, okay. about, we were talking about the location of a vessel sinking, so we immediately assumed that there's quite a famous shipwreck site off the UK coast called the Dogger Bank. Um, and we presumed it was, it was referring to that in the North Sea, the Dogger Bank. And about five minutes later, uh, where we were, there was all sorts of lights and... and, 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 and Activity, so we we sort of decided to melt into the background, and uh, because there's some question of whether we should have been there uh, legitimately or not. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to go there. <laughs> and well, we we thought it, it's best not to you know not not to be noticed. So we we uh-huh, we, uh-huh. we we melted into the background. Go, as that a, has gone wrong. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, as a group of doggers arrived. <laughs> So whether the board was giving us a preemptive, you know, heads up... Wait a minute, uh, what, what, what is a dogger? I don't understand that. Oh, my God. I've got to get into this one. <laughs> it is known in America. Is it? I've never heard of it. Okay, yeah, dogging, think, dogging yeah. is, when, is when people go out in a car to a, to a, 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 a quiet place. spot and they, 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 they get... Place. They get fresh with each other. Oh, while, that's called whilst, submarine races. No, whilst others, other people look on. What? what? <laughs> All right, yeah, there's a rule. If it's at night time and you've got headlights on, it's like one flash for you can come over and watch, two flashes you can join in. How do you know the rules? I know so much about it. I, I know everything, Steve. <laughs> but anyway, nonetheless, 
The board said. I'm the president Do- of the Doggers Society, obviously. The board said Dogger just as, or just a few minutes before, this carload of people doing exactly that activity turned up. Uh, news- okay, we, we just lost our PJ, PG rating over here, I can tell you that right now. The best part of it was, on that particular second occasion, um, Dr. Kieran O'Keefe uh, from the television programme was here. And, of course, uh, he was very concerned that he didn't get caught. <laughs> Dogging. Um, no sneaking round, sneaking round a haunted World War II naval depot. He's been invited by doggers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all go- right to go dogging there, but you can't go ghost hunting there. Is that what you're telling me? When ghost hunting goes very badly wrong. Is that what you're saying? It's all right to go dogging there, but not ghost hunting? It, 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 apparently so, it would appear that way. Yeah, I think ghost hunting is obviously, you know, very lowly thought of, but you can go and do all sorts of other things there that you would <laughs> The cover story, actually, the cover story was quite is, is, a, is a tale in itself, because the cover story was that we were there... Um, that was the bat. bat. We, yeah, bats. We, we were looking for bats, and somebody said, well, yeah, that's you know... What? What? For the Ouija board. Yeah, well, that was to swap them with... <laughs> A Ouija board, a folding table, and two plastic patio chairs, which were, were broke. I remember the back breaking on the one. I remember that. <laughs> you see, the things we do to test out ghost hunting equipment, all of this was designed to field test a ghost box. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways. But you know what? I, I also had an interesting experience uh, on a, uh, a B-17 bomber. Uh, we did an investigation mm-hmm. on it. And Andrew might be... Uh, Michael, be interested in this is that uh, we actually picked up through spiritually um, that someone had died on the plane, and of course we had the, the hack shack and it said some crap on it as well. But mm-hmm. but he wasn't killed in war, and we actually uh, went through the plane and it supposedly had something to do with the right engine. So we did some research in the plane, and we found out that the plane was actually built from parts of different planes. And the engine came from a uh, factory in Seattle. And during the uh, production of the motors, there was actually an industrial accident where uh, someone was killed. And supposedly, this is the person we contacted on the plane, and not knowing, I mean, we thought we were on a regular B-17 bomber that was from World War II, but uh, no. So, interesting. Andrew, I mean, I think something like that would uh, bring validity to what you do uh, versus, uh, you know, randomness. And Yes, I think very much so. You know, you... you, you, you... You can't just sort of say, yeah, I, I, I discounted the talk of the Waverley. I, I think Steve's got to agree. I was the one that was throwing my arms up in the air and saying, yeah, yeah. You know, this, this can't, this isn't right. You know, I think the guy's name as well, he gave him, he gave his name and he said it was a sort of, I don't know, William Edward. And then there was a sergeant thrown in, which I thought was the rank. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, they don't have sergeants in the Navy. So it was like, I was just taking it with the, the proverbial pinch off. And, um, yeah, then, then, as you say, the randomness, it, it can be from all sorts of connections. Places get very muddied. Um, we've got a lot of children that have been using the mine depot for various purposes. I'm, I'm not suggesting they were dogging, but they were obviously in there. 
messing about trying to contact all sorts of demons and things and uh, I think there was a lot of that influence in there so it was yeah it was a very muddy place so it's starting to sound more like an episode of Ghost Hunters International this isn't it demons doggers and uh, are you yeah, saying something ghost about Ghost Chronicles International I mean Ghost uh, Hunters International I, would I have anything to do with uh, saying anything wrong bad about that program no I didn't Not think Super so Mario Brothers no no it's Jed. <laughs> GHI, it's uh, Bar- Barry the Blarney and his, and his full spectrum camera, isn't it? <laughs> okay, you still haven't rested the Irish and UK in the uh, UK thing, huh? The English and Irish thing. Yeah, yeah. I spend a lot of time in Ireland each year, but I remember doing a talk, uh, going to do a talk, uh, attending a talk where Barry Fitzgerald was explaining the full spectrum camera, and the talk consisted of. I've got this really cool camera, but I can't show it you. It takes really cool pictures of dead people, but I can't show you them. You'll just have to take my word for it. Uh, okay. Which you did, that, obviously. That was the talk. <laughs> he, explained that that he, he explained that this, that this camera was, was, uh, was mega expensive, and um, he, he wasn't allowed by, by his contract with uh, the Sci-Fi Channel to show us any photographs, and he wasn't allowed by his contract with the Sci-Fi Channel to tell us any of the technical details about the camera, except we had to take his word that it was magical and could do amazing and wonderful things. But, Steve, I, I remember a certain um, paranormal investigator bringing one of the first digital stereoscopic cameras to Margam on the first visit and saying pretty much the same to me about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who would that be? Me. <laughs> but that, ca- that, ca- that camera then went on to prove that um, some things are not as paranormal sure. as, um, as they might appear. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I played a part in killing it. <laughs> what I paid all of the frames. So. Yeah, the orb is dead. Yeah, I think we can agree on. I that. was trying not to mention them tonight. Oh no! Well, please don't bring that up. Please. Is, is there some sort of fine there when we say we, we've got to have a swear? You do. You do. You do. There's an orb. There's an orb box now. Um, for anybody that mentions them, uh, you have to put some money in it. Uh, anyways. Uh, Andrew, let me ask you this. As a medium or a psychic medium, do you find it important to get validation or, or do you just, you know, um, uh, knowing that what you feel is what you feel enough for you? For me personally, yeah, what, what I know and feel, it's enough for me. I, you know, um, I used to say that I, uh, I was seeking, you know, a more concrete. I was I was looking for um, objective proof of what I got subjectively. I think that's the, the way I used to summarise it. But no, I, you know, now I've, I've reached the decision. Now I believe 100% in what I sense and feel. Um, if somebody wants to come with me and wants to examine that and look at the evidence, then that's their problem. You know, I've got no issue with it. Um, when I'm reading for somebody privately, it's nice to get something through that they can latch onto, and it's usually the stupid, the silly things, the off-the-wall things that you just couldn't, you couldn't even guess at. And those are the things that I like to leave them with, really. Do you know? I remember. I remember. Um, I don't think Andy and mind me telling you this story. Uh, I remember Andy. We used to see each other. Uh, used to come round. It was every week, wasn't it? You used to bring the cake, yeah. the, um, oh, yeah. the the biscuits, and the coffee uh, round. Yeah, yeah, the biscuits, um, and cookies, and coffee. And I remember one night Andy came round. I. He was completely blown away. He'd done a private reading uh, a night or two before. Um, now, 
I know Andy had done lots of readings, and Andy locally in this area has a very, very, you know, had a very high reputation before he moved away. Um, but this was a, a brand new client, um, and I've never seen a medium so utterly blown away by the quality of the information that he was providing to the client. Uh, it completely took you by surprise, didn't it, Andy? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I remember I think the, you were absolutely gobsmacked. <laughs> yeah, throughout, throughout the whole of my life, you know, I, there's, there's only, you know, two or three that have sort of hit those heights. And when they do, it does, it shocks you. It, it, it really reaches the point. That, I mean, you yourself said to me, I, I shouldn't dispute what I do. You know, I mean, if I'm going to go out there as a medium, I've got to believe what I do. And exactly. yeah, when you, you get an event like that and you get evidence like that, if you, if you want to call it evidence proofs or whatever the spiritualist church wants to term it, then yes, it, it does, it blows your mind. You know that you've got to carry on. You see, it just reinforces my belief that you know, whatever this ability that, that, that people call mediumship, ultimately the person doing it is still a human being. Yes, yeah. And, and we, we, are, we are shocked as our, as our, yeah. you know, our clearance, our, our clients a lot of the time. This is actually a good question for Cal, is, I mean... Whether a person is right or wrong, it's still what they believe in, Cal. It is, is, it's their reality. Isn't, isn't that correct? Well, yeah, parapsychology recently has become a lot more lenient towards um, subjective experiences, in, including them as evidence. Mm -hmm. And that's probably because of um, Jack Hunter introducing a, a bit of paraanthropology. So it's been pushing people out the door to actually have a go and get involved. And what that is, is um, you could have as David Luke put it, first-person parapsychology. So normally you have a seance and typically the researcher is the one stood on the outside watching the seance, trying to rationalize everything that's going on and, and trying to kind of step away and not get involved so they can actually analyze what's going on. Um, but now it is encouraged to say, okay, well, that's the objective evidence. Now for the second test, get involved in the seance. You sit in as the researcher and hold hands with everyone. Experience what it is to be involved or try and develop your psyche abilities. What do you feel? Uh, what happens when you meditate rather than watching the person who does meditation? You know, so looking at experiences and understanding people's experiences is one way that we can actually understand people's experiences of psychic phenomena. But on the other hand, we can do things that are quite objective, where we survey, you know, a load of medium statements and then look at common factors within it. Um, but it's perfectly acceptable to look at people's um, first-hand accounts of the experience. The experience itself is very important. It'll tell us a lot by understanding what processes people go through. So, um, yeah, there we go. Well, I think I think that's why I like to work with the scientists because, I, you know, I do want them to try and find what, what the mechanism is that, that does this, you know, what it is that makes me able to do what, what I believe I can do. So, there you go. The interesting thing, too, is, is once again, a, a lot of the stuff, and I've said this a hundred times, is, is when I first started this, I didn't believe in a lot of stuff, but just because I didn't believe in it, it's, I believed that I was open-minded and I said, okay, is there any validity, and how can I criticize it unless I try to you know, experience myself, uh, and that's what I've done through the years, and that's why I've got all these ridiculous gadgets hanging around, Steve. Yeah, I've, I, I don't know. I keep watching these these uh, was it Paranologies, <laughs> a Texas-based organization who are coming mm -hmm. up with ever more incredulous devices. They're breaking me. Uh, I'm going broke on this. <laughs> you, what you mean? You're buying this? You, 
You're buying this. <laughs> he nearly said it. Yeah, rubbish. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you know, interestingly, I've been reading uh, the life history of Nikola Tesla, um, his biography in this last oh, couple cool. of weeks. Back in 1892, Tesla talks to the... Uh, he, he does a series of lectures in London, and he's describing a new device. Um, and Tesla himself actually alludes to the, f- the possibility that it might be able to be used to detect entities, including ghosts. Oh, that is interesting. But so maybe, maybe paranologies, there's a device that you haven't built yet, the Tesla ghost detector. Make that uh, out of plastic and sell it for $500. <laughs> I, I might just come up with that. Anyways, uh, I heard the bell, which means the pizza from the dead is here, so we've got to wrap it mm-hmm. up. Uh, our special guest today has been Andrew Blatz... I can't even say it. <laughs> Taylor. That's the next day, Andrew Taylor, Ron. <laughs> Andrew Taylor. And Andrew, we... Uh, we want to thank you so much for being on the show. And also, would you, once again, if someone wants to contact you, how could they do that? Um, well, basically, uh, they can if the dead, it's easy. on Facebook. It's easier, yeah, on Facebook probably. Yeah, Medium, Andrew, Baffinet, Tyler. If they want to come on there and connect with me, I've got no issue with them doing that. Okay, and do you have any events or anything? it's been an absolute anything? pleasure, Ron, anyway, to come on again. Oh, thank you so much for putting up with us. And uh, do you have any <laughs> event, events or anything coming up you would like to uh, mention? Nothing currently. I'm just in the process of hopefully moving house, so uh, I'm trying to keep things, you know, low key at the moment, and not do too much. And Cal, uh, thank you for being with us again today. Once again, Cal Cooper's telephone calls from the dead, and you can go to calcooper.com. Is that correct, Cal? Yeah, that needs updating. But if anyone's interested in the book, it's on both Amazon.co.uk and Amazon.com. Okay, and uh, Steve, uh, I know you got nothing to yeah. hawk, so forget it. Uh, once again, uh, no, but, whoa, whoa, whoa! We've got to do the most most competition. Mm. Okay, so once again, oh wait, yeah, go ahead. Okay, right. You can record this and play it back later. Uh, we want this deciphered. Fifteen mm-hmm. seconds. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck.